Jordi Mueller and welcome to the May Empower Women series. And today we're extremely lucky to have Maggie Alexander from the Philanthropic Initiative here in Boston. Uh, how are you doing, Maggie? Very well, thank you. Uh, Maggie and actually her, uh, I would say partner or uh, pe person that you work with very closely at the T at TPI, um, Ellen, they were, they were really generous with their time and they talk about a topic that is extremely personal to me. So, so we'll be having a, a little bit of fun today, um, which is strengthening the impact of gifting or giving, uh, especially amongst women. And I want to maybe a little generalize today to beyond women uh, during the conversation, but it probably applies to the same kind of uh, facts. Uh, so thank you, thank you for the time. I already got some feedback on the event today, so I, I know it was great, so thank you again. Um, the first thing I wanted to put in context today is that giving is one of these extremely personal things for people. And no matter the amount of wealth, uh, giving and gifting tends to be a decision-making point in your values, in what you care about. A lot of people start thinking of legacy in a different way. Um, I, I myself, when I get a reminder from Red Cross to donate $25 again, I'm like, hmm, should I or should I not? Like you reevaluate what matters to you usually when it comes to gifting. And, um, and, the, and I wanted to start with one statistic that reflects this. Um, in 2017, around $410 billion were gifted and contributed to charitable organizations from Americans. The majority of people would say, oh, that money comes from foundations or endowments and, or government grants or something like that. And it's totally not true. <laughs> Around 70% comes from individuals, which means people listening as an individual have a really big impact on where their money goes. What I have noticed is there's not really a lot of thought process on the due diligence of how to do that donation. So first of all, I wanted to get your impression of what do you think of that statistic? <laughs> It's tough, right? No, I think I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised by the power of the individual. And it's incredible how generous people are, particularly in this country. But uh, it's, philanthropy is growing around the world as well. Yeah. Uh, what I'm finding uh, more and more fascinating is metrics around this are kind of lacking in, in the general sense on impact. I mean, M&E or assessment and uh, measurement of assessment and impact of organizations is hard to get sometimes. And some one thing that I really, really like about what TPI does is they they sit down with the individuals that are working with to figure out what's important for them and then figure out the right way to measure it. So, so, so tell, tell us a little bit how that works within TPI. Sure. Um, so the Philanthropic Initiative was started. We were founded. <laughs> I'll stop saying TPI, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. The Philanthropic Initiative. No, that's okay. Um, we, we were founded 30 years ago at yeah. a time in this country where there was a tremendous accumulation of wealth and um, the beginning of foundations and donor-advised funds were, were emerging. Mm -hmm. um, but people, they had a full-time job. They were focused on making their money, making their wealth. And um, they didn't really know, they had the impulse to be philanthropic. They wanted to give to good causes, but they were not always effective in doing that, or they would be very responsive or write checks. Um, but that wasn't as fulfilling. And so TPI was founded to help donors of all types to become more strategic in their, their giving. And they end up 
um, finding it's much more satisfying when they can see the impact that their dollars can have. Yeah, when you start considering gifting just like another part of your planning, mm-hmm. it becomes, uh, first of all, more accountable to your own self. And there's a little bit more, a better expectation of what to get for your dollars, which at the end of the day, yeah, you're giving it away, but you want to make sure that it's going to the right places. So um, another thing I wanted to talk about today, like to start is this, what I call the misalignment of values where money is. And um, Stephanie Diamond from Schwab uh, was uh, gracious enough last year to give this information to us. And what we found out was that even though individuals in surveys would say they care about certain areas and certain specific themes for donations, the majority of the money goes on the opposite way, or at least to different parts of the nonprofit industry. Uh, A perfect example would be the highest donor recipient in 2017 was actually uh, religious organizations, but they didn't come up at the top of the biggest values or where people wanted to put their money. So that misalignment, what I call is, is just lack of strategy (laughs) and lack of realization that you are not preparing versus when you are reacting. Um, so, So what do you think about that? Why do you think that happens? that misalignment between what you say you care about and then where your money goes? I think it's a question of intentionality. Um, Donors actually taking the time to step back and think about where they're going to be giving um, to actually take a more focused approach. And so sometimes when you get started with your philanthropy, you might just be um, scattered doing lots of different things, making small grants here and there, or making small donations to organizations that you hear about, or your friend is running the marathon and comes to you for support. Um, But over time, what we do at the Philanthropic Initiative is really sit down with our donors and ask them, you know, what are their values and what is the change that they'd like to see in the world? And then focusing on that, um, really developing a strategy around what, when you when you determine what success would look like for you or what kind of impact or how you want to contribute to the world, then you can think backwards about what are the best organizations to do that. Do I want to give in my local town or am I also interested in, in um, issues that could be happening across the world? And so to, to really think about um, your giving as a portfolio, just like you would with your investments, Think about, um, okay, well, I have a certain amount of resources that I'm going to give to um, uh, charities that my friends have asked me to support, or um, a certain amount that might be people think of them as payback or... um, or a tax on receiving something yes. like your religious organization or your college. Or belonging to a group of certain type. Belonging to a group, or maybe yeah. it's your um, the college that you went to yeah. or um, your, your local elementary school. Um, supporting those things are all good and important. Um, and also looking at where you where your mission takes you, where you're really uh, wanting to be more strategic with your philanthropy. And that can take a much more proactive approach into identifying both the issues and the organizations that you care about. Um, do you do you find people changing, and I don't want to call it change values, but changing the realization of what they care about when they go through this process? Very much so. Um, at TPI, we talk about the philanthropic curve or the yeah. philanthropic journey, 
where oftentimes at the beginning you just, okay, I'm a donor all of a sudden. And then you start to get organized with your philanthropy and then you start to be more strategic and identify areas that you care about, that you you um, want to be intentional, you want to impact change. And then you start to become you, you become passionate about it, right? Yeah. And you look for ways that your giving can be leveraged further. That might be um, finding another donor to partner with or getting to know your grantee partners really well and asking them, would my gift be better if it was a matching grant so that you could do some fundraising to raise the other half of the match? Or you might ask them strategically um, whether there's a good time of year that that giving could be more helpful for their organization. But you really partner with those um, organizations to to have the impact that both of you care about. Yeah, and I think uh, what's in the nonprofit world for a little bit is um, budgets matter (laughs) and and donation recurrence matters. And that's kind of a lot of projects and impact gets done by donors that are committed to the causes. And the only way that that can happen is if you really align to the values of the organization, not just randomly one year reacted to some kind of marketing and or friendship, and then the next year goes away. Like actually nonprofits sometimes get hurt by these non-recurrent uh, donations. Um, I, there was a YouTube video that went viral probably a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and I think uh, it was with uh, Bill Clinton from all people, and and he was helping somebody do some um, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing, and he gave a little tip of advice which I took away for these kind of situations, which is sometimes when you spread your donations because you want to satisfy everybody, you're actually not helping anybody, and 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 it hit me. It's like yeah, when there's a small organization, even if it's it can be in Ghana or it can be just down the road that you're really committed to, your bigger donation can actually start creating more impact because they can plan better and they spend less time sourcing money or like raising money. Uh, so, so yeah, that was that was a great tip that, that he got. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, what we're seeing, the trends that we're seeing with our clients is more and more um, individuals or family foundations are making longer term gifts or they're committing to support an organization for three to five years. Each year they do their due diligence. They look at the progress that the organization's been made, but at least they open the conversation so the organization can know um, what they can expect. And the other really nice trend is um, so due diligence around an organization is really important yeah. to really understand what they're doing and how it's having the impact. But once you do that research and you're committed, you know this is a good organization, then to trust the organization to know how to use the resources. So for example, more and more donors are giving um, unrestricted or general operating grants that if the organization needs to use it for um, a project that they didn't anticipate or in a way that they hadn't anticipated that they have that flexibility is really important. Oh my God. I've seen, uh, it, it, I'm 34 years old, certain friendships, I work in the nonprofit and I've seen them divide their time in 
tiny percentages because they are based on grants uh, that require certain percentage of certain employees to be working on certain projects. And yeah, I did say the word certain a few times, but it's just, it becomes a little bit of annoying for the nonprofit, sometimes even like a huge overhead just to start tracking this small grant. So yes, the unrestricted, unrestricted grants have become really popular and actually way more impactful because it gives the organization a lot of freedom on, on, uh, on what to do. You did touch a topic that I, I wanted to talk about uh, today. Uh, I remember it must have been six to eight years ago with the, in one of the Gates notes uh, that uh, Bill Gates and Melinda put every year out and they made it the year of accountability and, uh, and I remember everything was about metrics and this year everything was going to be about metrics and it did change the world a little bit on the nonprofit side where they put a lot of money and resources on technology systems training programs I mean I saw Tufts started to create classes and just like tracking and impact assessment uh, that they didn't exist before and um, so, so nonprofits started reporting performance in, honestly, sometimes better than for-profit businesses. And uh, my question to you is, have you seen from the donor side uh, a change in expectation on knowing exactly what people are doing with their money, or is it still a little more, from the individual side, or is it still, still like, oh, they're nonprofits, they don't have their stuff together. It's like, guess what? They do have their stuff together. Yeah, well, I think tracking the impact the organization is having is really important. You know, knowing what success looks like and then actually measuring whether you're making improvements towards that. Technology has made that a lot easier for organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all kinds of great technology to help you kind of monitor and assess how well you're doing. Um, And then to build that back into your learning plan. For I think the, the a critical trend that we're seeing is that in some uh, larger foundations that have their own strategy, um, oftentimes they'll require grantees to report their progress in a very specific way. And that can be really challenging for the organization. Um, more and more we're seeing donors that will say to the organization, we want to see the progress that you've made. We want to see those results but do it in a way that's easiest for your organization because the evaluation should be a, a, a learning tool for the, the organization mm-hmm. and not just for pleasing funders. And so more and more funders are accepting that and saying, whatever you do for your annual progress report, just please share that with us. I, um, I do want to talk a little bit about what I call the gender division in when it comes to this kind of world. Uh, we see a lot more women being more involved in this part, and, and I want you to explain what you have seen on your end, because it's definitely real. So I love the name of this series, Empower Women series, yes. and um, certainly in the field of philanthropy, you're seeing that women are already leaders. Yes. They're becoming more and more, um, they're owning more and more of the world's wealth. So mm-hmm. now you have about 40% of the world's wealth is owned by women, and they tend to be more philanthropic. They're much more, um, they're, they're much more generous with their resources. Yes. Um, they're also tend to give in a different way. They're much more relational in their giving um, and they like to give together. So you see um, both in the United States, but also around the world, the growth of women's uh, giving circles Mm -hmm. where they'll learn about an issue together and they'll they'll pool their resources so that they can have greater leverage with 
with the organizations that they're giving to. And also they can do their due diligence together as a group so an organization doesn't have to, um, isn't asked for the same report by 10 people, but but just by the giving circles. That's interesting. Um, have you have you seen a tendency, uh, and I actually don't know which way it's going, but from donors putting more money in international charities compared to uh, local charities in the last few years? Yes, the trend is increasing. Um, that in, uh, international giving is increasing, but it's still a very small percent of U.S. giving overall. I think it hoovers usually around six percent. Oh um, So it's pretty pretty small. But some of that is underestimated because um, oftentimes a U.S. donor will give through an intermediary organization. Um, Sometimes through their donor advised fund at a community foundation, they'll actually, the end recipient of those grants through a donor advised fund will be in another part of the world. So uh, Council on Foundations and the Foundation Center just put out a report showing how Community foundations, which are very locally focused, are becoming a vehicle for more and more international giving. Mm-hmm. And um, we run, we partner with an organization. I'm on the steering committee of an organization called New England International Donors. Yeah. And it's a it's a wonderful organization of about 150 donors in this area. They meet regularly. They do um, really great learning events to learn about topics. They have giving circles on climate change and on refugee issues. It's it's an amazing organization that's increasing in momentum mm-hmm. because I think sometimes um, the person who founded it, Karen and Sarah, founded it because she was feeling lonely with her international giving and she wanted to meet other donors who were giving across borders. And so um, she created this tremendous network. Um, So I think that international giving is on in the increase. And the other um, important point that I like to make is it's not either or. You don't have to choose between giving locally to your hometown or giving globally. You can do both and. You know, that can be part of your, if you would, you think about your giving portfolio, um, you can have a tremendous impact with much lower amounts of money in a place like Haiti or Africa or it, so you can just see the, the impact of your funding goes much further. Yeah, we were just uh, chatting about this this morning. This is the kind of conversations we have here. Um, uh, me and Glenn Frank, uh, who is the tax strategy director here at, at Lexington, but um, has started also a series of Time, Money and Joy. And, and this includes a lot of that yield between what makes you happy and where the money comes into place. And, um, and what we were discussing is it's it's all in the goal setting it's it's all about what's what are you expecting out of this right and and if it's helping more people if if the measurement is quantity of people there's more efficient ways to do it than probably what most people do currently and it takes that little amount of research kind of like partnering with somebody like you guys that that are there for the resources and then you can actually create a bigger impact but it's all about that goal setting starting and and if you don't do that process you're kind of like don't even know what to measure it against. Um, by the way, the I, I was completely that six percent got stuck in my head of like international giving, and it reminded me uh, in in my old lobby days. Um, uh, we used to lobby for increase in foreign aid budget, and 
every survey when you would ask the average American would be, what do you think the U.S. government donates or in foreign aid or gives in foreign aid? And always the response was between 15 and 20 percent, when in reality it was a little less than one percent. And and it's the same misconception. Uh, and it all comes to if it's not if it's not close to home, you don't see it, right? You just feel that it takes a lot more effort to, to to commit to that donation. But I'm glad to see that international, um, I guess, uh, gifting is increasing. Um, sorry, go ahead. The other, um, I think, important factor is for, as you said, 70% of giving is from individuals. Yes. And oftentimes, if you take an issue like the environment or climate change, it might seem like too huge of an issue for that individual's... To tackle. Right. For that individual to tackle or for their limited resources, they may feel like they may not be able to make a huge difference. But at TPI with our clients, we're seeing time and time again that even small foundations are making a huge impact. Yeah. They're being very thoughtful. They're learning about the issue. They're learning about the landscape. And often they identify key gaps in funding that they can help to fill. And it makes a tremendous difference for the field. Yeah. And um and uh, I, I know your time is precious, so I know we're kind of like running out of time, but there's two things I wanted to talk, which is a lot of people, and, and I want to, uh, I can, I guess your opinion on what you think of this, are taking this to the next level, their gifting, which is their core impact, their core investment is now trying to be impact investing. And we are seeing that in our clients uh, here at Lexington, and, and we're working on something on that aspect that, that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that. But... That is kind of changing the whole philosophy of how your money just works. And and obviously it has happened, especially with climate change. That's the, the main theme that we have seen. And uh, I would say gender inequality when it comes to pay. That's another one that has uh, definitely affected this thought process. But but yeah, it seems to be that younger generations are pushing to this like, this is not supposed to be only my gifting. This is supposed to be just how I manage my investments. Yeah, what, what do you see on your world in that? Yeah, this is another area where women are really leading the way. Um, women investors are really asking questions about what they're investing in. Man, we need to step it up a little bit. <laughs> the um, so for many foundation, for many families that have foundations, um, the payout requirement is five percent. So each year they pay out five percent in grants. Mm -hmm. So now more and more foundations are asking the question. What about the other 95%? Yes. How can I use that to have social impact? And the first question to ask is how to make sure you're not doing harm or you're not um, doing the opposite. It, yeah. You're not counterbalancing what your grants yeah. are for. So the first thing is to know what you're investing in and to make sure that those are aligned with your values, yep. that you're not doing anything to harm the environment or to harm, you know, they're no, no, no. I, I'll say it because I can. It's like I, I, we see this all the time, and and we have definitely had these conversations before, where people create the donor advice funds, which by the way, they're a great tool to to plan for your gifting, and you have very specific requirements of the organizations you want to do it, and then you see the other. 90% of the portfolio and well the S&P 500 for sure has companies that are acting literally on the other side of that balance so the impact becomes minimized sometimes even completely reverse right because at the end of the day money going somewhere is money that can be used in their industry or in their company to to do their business whatever that company is uh, so yeah 
That's, I, we get it. <laughs> that's great. And um, you're seeing an increase in impact investing. And we're also finally able to demonstrate that many port impact investing portfolios are actually having a market return. Yes. So there was a misconception, I think, that you couldn't mm -hmm. do good and invest and see a return. But now we're learning you can do both. Yeah. And um, women are the first, are more likely to say they want to um, engage in impact investing. But there's a gap between... Their, that declaration yes. and action. And so um, at that's where we come into place because we have been a little bit of accountables to them, like financial advisors. That's great. Financial advisors have a huge role to play yeah. and even being open to have this conversation. Um, at TPI, Ellen Remmer just has started. She's done quite a bit of research in this area and she herself is an impact investor. Oh, cool. And um, she's launched a campaign together with other impact investing organizations. Um, and you can go check out the website, the website yeah. at um, Invest for Better. Cool. And then we'll, we're going to put all the information that you hear right now in the notes on the show. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a huge thing. Um, we do have to probably uh, close the podcast, but I have a, a, one last question or a couple of last questions. The first one is for those listening right now, what's one thing or two that they can start doing tomorrow to start aligning or creating more impact with their gifting? The first is to ask yourself where you're, to look at where you're currently giving and to really do an inventory. Say, you know, what are the, where am I sending that check each year? And then to ask yourself, is that in alignment with, um, with your values and where you want to be giving? Um, so again, uh, thinking about your portfolio of giving, what are the different areas? Some of those some of the charities that you give to, you might be doing out of a sense of obligation, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But it is um, so much more meaningful if you take on an issue that you really care about, you learn about it, you find organizations that are doing the best work in that area. It, it really is a very fulfilling way to see your resources be put to good. Yeah. I, um, one thing I learned is to say no. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, especially in this particular side of the industry or just gifting in general. But it's, it's, it's like buying a new membership to something without doing your research before. I think people should always stop and then just research and then decide. One of the, the nuggets I took away from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. <laughs> is um, the idea that if you have a burning yes inside of you, something that you're passionate and you're going for and you've got a clear goal, then it's very easy to say no because you know that that request isn't aligned with where you want to go in the yeah. future. So in another um, next step someone could do tomorrow is take a look at where your funds are invested. So take a look at your, if it's an endowment or if it's um, investments in your 401k, mm. take a look at, at where those are invested and just make sure you're, um, you feel good about that. The feel good is like a good way to close it. Do you feel good about what you're doing with your money? And if there's a little bit of no, I think they should call you at TPI. Uh, well, Maggie, thank you so much. This was uh, really helpful. And we're going to put a lot of information, uh, I guess, uh, in, a, in the next couple of days uh, and in the notes for this podcast so people can directly reach out to you guys if, if they need help and if they are starting to think about what to do with their legacy and their money. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and your great questions. Oh, well, thank you. And um, until next time, my name is Jordi Miller again, and this was the Empower Women series. And have a good day. Thank you.